Welcome to Rock Shop Talk. Our show talks best practices, fun anecdotes, and the latest cutting-edge technology in our field to kick your screen printing gears in a hyperdrive. Today's episode features the important state of imports, port-to-port, to Porto, Portugal. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be right back. want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. I'm Rock U.S. President Ross Hunter. Alongside me today is our creative producer, Mr. Merrill Caps, our sales director, Mr. Brian Richards, and our newly appointed logistics coordinator, Mr. Tyler Dean. Today, we are talking about the important state of imports, port to port. That's a lot of port. That you put put in this line. A lot of port. Reminds me of Portugal. (laughs) That's where port Mm. comes from. Mm. And we're importing from Portugal. So we could have added another port by adding. It's almost as uh, if it was intended. We're here to talk the important state of imports, port to port from Portugal. Wow. That's a mouthful. There it is. I like it. Well, welcome, everyone. Good to have you here. Yeah, Thanks man. for thank being you. here. Thanks for having us again. And thank you for listening, as always. Yeah, uh, I want to do a couple of quick uh, Rock US updates. We are in mid-April here in 2022, and we have an amazing wow. financing. Yes, thank you, Ross. Uh, amazing opportunity for financing with our awesome finance partner, CIT. The details are no full payments for the first six months. This is available till the 30th of April, by the way. So get these calls in uh, as soon as possible to lock this in. No money down. Uh, purchase your equipment today without impacting your cash flow. $49 payments for the first six months. Uh, so find the monthly payment that works for your business. And Brian, I had a question for you. Like how, for perspective for the audience, how rare is this opportunity? This is this is pretty unheard of. We they CIT does some really cool stuff from time to time with um, special deferrals and things of that nature. But um, in terms of the uh, in terms of the zero down, it's is pretty uh, unheard of. So absolutely take advantage while you can. Rad, you heard it here, folks. Thank you so much uh, again for joining us, Ross. Would you like to introduce Tyler? And Tyler, thank you again and uh, welcome to Rock Shop Talk. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, Tyler Dean. Tyler Dean uh, is our new logistics coordinator. However, he is not new to Rock US. Um, Tyler is coming uh, from a sales support role um, in uh, doing all sorts of things in the sales department. Um, he has a background in logistics, however, and um, actually your whole family, I believe, or at least a few people in your family. Yeah, a, some, good, a good portion of them. Some logistics background, and Tyler has taken over all of our import um, logistics as well as all of our domestic uh, shipping, which was was and has been a, a very integral part of of what we do, obviously getting machines from Portugal to the United States and then getting those machines, you know, from a port to our customer partners uh, is a very big part of what we do. And, and I got to say, he joined, uh, you know, this role at the right time when shipping is an absolute treat um, for (laughs) anyone that's involved in it. Um, And so Tyler, man, thanks for 
taken on the role, especially at such a hard time. It'll make normal times feel easy breezy. Um, but uh, we're here today to talk about everything that's going on in, in the world of logistics. So it's will be very enlightening conversation and impacts a lot of, you know, our consumers, but um, those consumers are impacted from everything else they do. I mean, I've been to a Taco Bell that had no hot sauce because of shipping <laughs> issues. And it's like, why did I order $30 worth of Taco Bell if I can't put sauce on it? It was the biggest I, I waste of money ever. I don't think that's the only question to ask there, though. Um, <laughs> why was I ordering $30 of Taco Bell? It wasn't just for me, I promise. That's where I would start, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Back in the day, my nickname was Lunchbox. There was a reason for that. <laughs> can, can we make that your nickname again? Because that's Absolutely a- not. It's still engraved on my bowling ball. So if you ever go bowling with me, you will get to see Lunchbox come out of the bag and, uh, and be used for bowling. But uh, the name is long since passed, except for the wow. people now that know it existed. <laughs> and everyone that just heard it. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, uh, Tyler, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, what areas will you be covering in the new position? Aside, I mean, obviously, logistics coordinator. But what does that mean for you, for us, and what are you most looking forward to in this new job? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first, thanks for having me on here, and uh, thanks for the brilliant introduction, Lunchbox. We appreciate it. Um, <laughs> the artist formerly known as Lunchbox. Right. So yes. the hard part about logistics for most people is it's pretty boring and they don't want to hear about it unless it pertains to them. Um, so I'm not going to go into all of the details right now of what exactly I do as far as the breakdown. But right now and, and kind of what Ross talked about, you know, most people have probably seen an impact on their supply chain somewhere, right? Whether it's at Taco Bell, whether it's at the grocery store. I mean, it's uh, we're unprecedented in our lifetime as far as, you know, what the impact of COVID had on every major industry, right? Not only does Taco Bell out, out of hot sauce, but they're also out of employees, it seems. I mean, this is the first time I've tried to go to a Taco Bell that I think one was closed at 8 p.m. the other night. So, Whoa. you know, things are things are different. Things are changing. Um, but as far as my role here, uh, I am trying to bring some clarity for our whole team uh, on on where exactly our shipments are at, why they might be getting delayed um, and, and just being a central point of contact at Rock for people to come to with questions of all things freight related. Um, we, we, you know, do deal with some small package stuff and, uh, but most of, of what we're moving is big equipment and importing big equipment. And, uh, there's, there's a lot of questions there. So I'm, I'm excited to bring some transparency to our whole team. Um, you and I worked closely together, uh, recently just to get something for our sales team to have to share with customers of, of what exactly the problems we're having in the freight world are. Um, and so I, I look forward to being able to just have the information, share it with our team so that they can then share it with our customers. 
It's interesting, like the, you know, when you're on the receiving end of, of goods, right? It's, you think of shipping as a, you know, a box or a crate and a truck. And, um, you know, when you're dealing with, with imports, I mean, anyone that's, you're trying to buy a car right now, new, for example, I mean, it's taking, I think someone in, in a group that I'm in, it took them nine months to get uh, an Escalade and it was just waiting on, you know, specific things, but specifically things that were coming from overseas. Right. And, you know, everything for the most part is made with parts from all over the place. And so it could be one computer chip or one thing that you're waiting on. And, um, it's the ports, right? That, that we don't think about because we think of, okay, a container and a ship and a shipping yard. Mm. And, you know, it comes here, but the ports have been just out of control. And, you know, I've heard stories of equipment getting to a port, getting on a boat, going to another port, getting off on that port, getting on a train, going back to the original port to get back on a different boat to then finally leave to go to wherever it was going. And the funny thing is, is, is once it's at port, we as shippers lose all control. It's, right. it's kind of up to them on what happens and they control it. And I think that that's something that the consumer doesn't understand because we all look at, you know, UPS. Okay. I paid you, here's the box. It goes from X to Z. But what we don't right. see is how many times that box hits another facility, gets on another truck, goes somewhere else. You know, there's just so much that happens behind the scenes that, you know, almost seems illogical, but it's all this hub and spoke model that, you know, has been developed for cost savings. Um, it's just, it's interesting, man. You say shipping's boring. I actually think it's, it's rather fascinating. Um, and especially because the market basically is, is made up of just a few players. I mean, especially the global international market. I mean, there's what, three or four major companies that do all ocean freight. <laughs> right. Wow. I mean, it's, it's nuts. You know, I didn't want to get into the, the brass tacks of what exactly our equipment qualifies as or how we label it. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, uh, there's, there's a huge infrastructure and, and it's really uh, bottlenecked around you know, a few, we'll call it major ports, right? I mean, you look at uh, domestic shipping, it's a little bit easier, right? Our, our country is built around highways and freeways and, and there's hubs in every major city. Um, but, you know, I don't know exactly how many ports we have in the United States, but it's significantly less than, than anything traveling over the road or the rail. Right. There's there's only so many points that things come in and, and leave. And uh, right now, a lot of what we're seeing is as things curved down for COVID. Right. We all felt that. But now as things ramp back up, everyone is is just colliding at these at these bottleneck points. Right. It's uh, I'm, I'm sure they're feeling the same thing at Disneyland. Right. They closed down for COVID. Now everybody wants to go back and and it's probably, you know, three and a half hours to, to ride the Matterhorn right now. It's kind of the same thing to just get on a boat. Right. We're just once we once our equipment hits a port, it's sitting there in line with the thousands of other containers waiting to get on a boat. So mm -hmm. and, and we can get into more of what that looks like and what that means. But um, 
so yeah, as, as a very 10,000 foot view, that is kind of what I'm here to try and help with and address and bring as much clarity as we can to what's going on with shipping. Thanks for that insight. Uh, Just real quick. The only thing I take issue with is uh, the Matterhorn already took that long before all this. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, otherwise, um, I'm totally with you. Well, on the note of the Matterhorn, um, let's take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, uh, we will talk uh, more ports and port and ports and shipping and logistics. Uh, We'll be right back. Discover the most advanced ecosystem in screen printing. The Rock Eco Automatic Screen Printing Press and Exile Spider offers an unbeatable matchup for the fastest setups and eco-friendlier screen printing. To find out more about how the Eco and Spider can supercharge your business, visit rock.us or call 187-ROCKET-NOW. That's 877-674-8669. want to welcome everybody back to rock shop talk your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing i am rock US president ross hunter alongside me today is our creative producer mr merrill caps our sales director mr brian richards and our newly appointed logistics coordinator, Mr. Tyler Dean. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Good. I love <laughs> silence on the welcome back. Thank you so <laughs> much. Said welcome. Yes. Uh, oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Okay, good. It just was a nice long pause. I love awkward <laughs> no, silence. I, no, I tend to fill it with welcome. something. <laughs> cool today we're talking about the important state of imports port to port to porto portugal wow we added to that i like it um so tyler one of one of the interesting things that you know the listeners may want to know is what kind of conversations are you having with our current customer partners um that are ordering machinery what kind of phone calls are we getting what are people concerned about um obviously with the delays that we're seeing on certain things i'm sure that you know, can cause some, some sort of question asking. I mean, I, for lack of better terms, like how do we get this quicker? What can we do, et cetera. So what are you hearing from people and and how are we responding? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the most important thing that, that people want to know when we're having these conversations is, well, if I place my order today, when am I going to get my equipment? Right. Um, that, that is pretty logical. I get it. Seems reasonable. Uh, yeah. Seems completely reasonable. And a lot of, and, and that comes down to, uh, the clarity piece and the, and the education, right? So the conversations that I'm having with people are, are a little more in depth, um, as far as there's no easy answer to that question right now. Um, we can talk about what our production time looks like, what the travel time looks like from our factory to the port in Portugal. And then there's kind of a question mark, right? It's where do we wind up in line? How many ships are there? How fast can we get it loaded? Ross talked a little bit earlier about, you know, we've tried a couple of different things, sending equipment from ports to other ports that that may be 
less busy. Um, and, and what we found is the whole process right now is, is at a almost kind of a breaking point, right? There is so much freight, uh, that is trying to leave these major industrial areas. Um, we are thankfully in a better position than, than a lot of people, uh, having our equipment made in Portugal versus some of the other major areas of the world that are, that are doing big production and they're seeing an even higher impact on, on the traffic and restriction of, of everything just colliding at the ports, right? I mean, if you've, most of us have, have sat in traffic at some point in our life, and that's exactly what's happening to the freight. The freight is caught in, in LA's worst traffic jam right now. Mm. Um, and so we get alerts along the way and, and we try and provide, you know, our customers a realistic expectation uh, based on that. You know, once it's loaded onto a boat, I can tell you it takes about 11 days to get from Portugal to uh, the port of the Everglades. And then again, we're, we're back into this mystery space, right? How long is it going to take to get off the boat, to get loaded on a truck? It takes a day to get from the port of Everglades to our warehouse in Claremont. So we have some of these pieces figured out, but, but really at both of our ports, um, two weeks to question mark, right? And so that's the conversation that, that we're having with customers and, and most people understand um, and I know that, you know, in a lot of the conversations I'm having with people, they've, they've gotten quotes or had conversations on other pieces of equipment, either in our industry or outside of it. And they're like, yeah, I mean, people are telling us, right. I may get my new, whatever it is in a year. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I'm, right. I'm grateful that we're, we're still, I mean, we're sitting in, in, maybe a three to four month window total right now. Um, but a lot of that is, is just due to uh, the, the word of the day seems to be port in all of its, mm -hmm. all of its varieties. So. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and, I, and for, I'm sorry, Brian, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to chime in that, you know, I think it's, um, <clears throat> it's important to understand like from, from our partners, our customers perspective, um, you know, they're making these, it's all a big game plan for them, right? They're trying to understand when do I need to have things in place in order to, you know, get the right equipment to fulfill those orders or, or those sort of things. So it's kind of like reverse engineering for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, we are to Tyler's point in a really good position in terms of like, we haven't had quite the supply chain issues that some other manufacturers have had where, you know, I think we have 50 machines coming in in the next 60 days. We have another 70 arriving in Q3, but mm -hmm. it is in, in terms of that game of like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to commit to purchasing that, you know, 10 color machine because we need it for this job we have coming up this summer. Um, as soon as that purchase is, is made, it's, it's a very, it's like that anxiety period in between of like, okay, when is it going to be here? And in a perfect world, it's in a warehouse and we ship it out. But I, you know, I don't, I don't even know if we have one machine right now in the actual warehouse because they're getting sold before they arrive. Um, so just trying to communicate in a way that gives them a target 
Um, but with an understanding that, you know, what we're talking about in this podcast with these, you know, things at port that happen out of our control is that that target can move. Um, and so we do our best. I think we we're budgeting six weeks now from, from when we know it leaves the factory to when we're estimating it to arrive. And that, that can flux a little bit, but um, essentially looking at two weeks from factory to, to port, two weeks on the water-ish, two weeks from port to, to warehouse, and then just trying to provide as, as much updates as we can um, you know, as, as the information comes in. But it's, it's a tricky thing to do um, because if I, you know, if we're, uh, giving a, a May 20th, for example, ETA to a customer who's wanting to know when's this machine going to be here. Um, we'll give that with kind of the caveat that it could come a week or two early. It could come a week or two late. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm, and hopefully right. it doesn't move, you know, any, any further than that. But a lot of times what happens is, you know, people hang up the phone, they go back to what they're doing, they get busy and they have May 20th in their head. And so right. it's just, you know, making sure we're communicating the, the graph that you, you know, you guys put together in marketing, I think is, is going to be really helpful to kind of visually communicate that. So it's just a, it's just a dance that we're all trying to play. We want to get, you know, the product here as quick as we can as well. Mm-hmm. And um, just trying to keep everybody in the loop in, that, in the meantime. Good stuff. Uh, a couple of questions came up during that. Uh, both of you actually first being is, uh, for Tyler is, can you kind of paint the picture for our audience as far as like what, what currently is uh, causing this to happen in this bottleneck? Like, um, I, th- I think a lot of people assume it, it may be just like leftovers from COVID-19, which I'm sure we're going to feel probably for at least another year, if not longer. Uh, but what else is currently impacting or bringing this uh, to collect here? And also, uh, while Tyler answers that, Brian, my question for you is, is there anything that you would recommend? And, and Ross, too, after purchase, how can people utilize that maybe extra time to even better prepare for when their equipment arrives. So go for it, Tyler, whenever you're ready, appreciate it. So, I mean, it's hard right now, right? It's it's mid-April, 2022, and in some ways, life has started to go back to normal, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of places in the country that, you know, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. It's not mandated. Things are starting to feel normal, um, but, so, so in people's minds, I think, okay, right, great. Things are, things are back to where we were. Let's go. It should all, shall be fine. Um, mm-hmm. The main thing is if you look at the history of, of the shipping industry, right, not a lot has changed in the last 50 years, right? Things have updated, whatever, but, but we've gotten used to a certain level and, and that's kind of maintained. So there's only so many boats, right? We can't just turn around and start cranking out boats. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's part of the problem, right? Is obviously we need boats to get stuff from point A to point B. Um, And where I talked about the advantage of of manufacturing in Portugal, because there's less traffic there. One of the disadvantages is the major, like China is a major uh, production center for a lot of goods that go anywhere in the world. Um, and they're currently willing to bid two, three times the amount on shipments than anywhere else. So China's buying up boat space 
uh, at, at a premium before we ever even have access to it because they they are so behind on getting all of their goods out. So, you know, I think, and and I don't know this for a fact, but I think we may be in, in the shipping world for the next two to three years probably um, to really catch up with with the the ripples of what a global mm-hmm. pandemic did to our infrastructures right um, and, which is, and has the uh, forgive me is is the geopolitical issues is that already causing any changes that you're noticing with everything going on in in russia and ukraine um there's there's a global impact i mean we've there's so many factors that that mm-hmm. just go into um you know hey when can I get this? Right. Right. Um, right. When you have to change, you know, a, a lot of our boats have been on the same uh, route, so to speak. Uh, Brian came to me earlier asking about, Hey, when is this, is this equipment on track? And, and thankfully, you know, in this day and age, we're able to look with, with GPS, with satellite imaging, we can pull up a boat where it is exactly. And, and so I pulled up the boat that, that our equipment's on and he's like, Hey, why is that headed to Canada? <laughs> um, right. but there's a route from Portugal that, that stops off in Canada, that stops off in Virginia, you know, like it's, it, it, and his, uh, analogy was, it's kind of like, you know, the, the school bus dropping off kids at, mm-hmm. at the house on the way. Right. And so when you have, uh, events like what's happening with, with Russia and Ukraine, um, you know, it starts to change these traffic patterns. Um, right. So, so any, I, and I, I hesitate to call it, call what's happening there a small event by any means, but, but just in, in the large sense, a, any small event has, has ripples globally when it comes to supply chain. Thanks for that insight. Uh, forgive me. I know I asked you a question, Brian, but I do think we should get to a quick commercial break and then we can pick back up there right after. Did you know that automating finishing and fulfillment can transform your business? Learn how in your free ebook at rock.us slash pages slash free dash downloads and maximize your output today. That's roq.us slash pages slash free dash downloads.
want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. I'm Rock U.S. President Ross Hunter. Alongside me today is our creative producer, Mr. Merrill Caps, our sales director, Mr. Brian Richards, and our newly appointed logistics coordinator, Mr. Tyler Dean. We are here to talk about the important state of imports, port to port, to Porto, Portugal. Well done, Ross Hunter. That was beautiful. Always for you. Thank you. Uh, I know. I appreciate those. (laughs) I got you. So uh, before we had the break, I asked Brian a question and then rudely interrupted him. So I would like to return that back to his. I know. (laughs) I apologize. Uh, But the question is, uh, with these unprecedented delays and bottlenecks, how can our our partners um, who are newly automating or continuing to automate, how can they use that time, that extra time to best prepare for when the equipment arrives? Well, I think the, the, the easiest things would be to just make sure that they have everything with their pre-installation dialed, right? So part of the process and kind of this interim um, while we're waiting for equipment is we have a, a, a project team that communicates with our customers and just makes sure that they are uh, totally ready to receive, receive in terms of how that's gonna come off the, um, the truck, you know, mm-hmm. wh- how it's going to get plugged in, make sure they have the proper electrical and air and and kind of that their floor plan are ready. So just utilizing the additional time to make sure all of those things are in place so that, you know, we don't get the equipment in finally. And then there's some other piece that needs to be addressed. Um, those right. are, those are the easy things. Um, the more, the more difficult things are like having a contingency plan or, you know, a backup. Um, hopefully it doesn't ever come to that, but I think it's, you know, we need to, we need to be advising customers to, um, understand that, you know, if there is further delays, um, you know, we don't want to be negatively affecting anyone's business. Um, and so understanding the plan to put this piece of equipment into, um, onto the production floor, um, you know, if it doesn't arrive exactly when you're anticipating it, you know, the job probably still needs to get done. The job can't move. Um, and so, utilizing another press or a second shift for some of our larger customers um, for a shop that maybe this is their first auto, right. And they have an order Mm -hmm. due by a certain date, you know, maybe having that kind of parachute of like, you know, do we outsource this order? Um, Of course you make this, this big investment, you want to be able to, you know, make a high margin printed on your new press. Um, That's, that is the goal. But in the event that a delay is going to, jeopardize the timeline. Um, I mean, it's, it's much better to go to your plan B, make a little bit smaller margin, and then know that the next time that job comes back around from that happy customer, you're printing it on your rock press, um, rather than try to push things out or delay it or, you know, potentially Mm -hmm. jeopardize that order or that relationship. So kind of two different tracks there, but just planning conservatively really um, would be my point of advice. Thank you for that. And incidentally, we do have a, a free ebook to you may download on our website, visit rock.us. And it's specifically on uh, how to streamline and smooth your installation process. So all that's laid out for you very, um, very intentionally. So check that out free at the website. Uh, Ross, you had something you wanted to mention during the break? 
Oh, I guess Ramsey did. I don't know if you guys heard him bark there, but oh, um, no, <laughs> he, he, he needed to say something for sure. Um, no, it was just just kind of another point, I guess, of, you know, our commitment from a company, you know, really understanding what's going on right now, which is a real challenge, right? I mean, when you're talking about capital equipment, you know, we're bringing it in. It's very expensive to make, manufacture. There's supply chain issues even there, right? Because we work from raw steel all the way through. I mean, we're, we're even making our own computer chips at this point. But, you know, even though we're vertical, even getting those raw materials is a challenge. And, and what we have to, to do is, is essentially, you know, get to a point where we're forecasting out. Um, right now, for example, we're forecasting out all the way to the end of the year, meaning that we've pre-purchased and pre-ordered and are pre-building all of these machines basically on, you know, an assumption and a trend, which is a lot different than normal in a normal world where we're, you know, two, three months from, from, from someone placing an order till they have it in their hands. And now we're talking, you know, the amount of delays we have, we're basically, you know, taking the steps, which is, is, is tough. Um, and it's a big financial risk to basically say, here's all the machines. And then Brian kind of pointed this out earlier. Oh, we've got 50 machines coming in next month. We've got 70 machines coming in the month after that. And we're essentially needing to you know, sell into that inventory or hope that it's what people need, right? It's, it's, it's the presses that people want. Um, and when you've got, you know, for presses, for example, when you've got four different lines, you know, a fit, a U, a next, an eco, and then a bazillion combinations of how that can be constructed, whether it's a, a 10 pallet machine or, you know, a, 50, a 20 pallet, a 10 color, a 12 color. I mean, for some people, a 13 color, right? I mean, there's all these different circumstances out there that, that, that change the way people order. And so from a company standpoint, that's, that's what we've done to mitigate. And that's why we can still safely say, Hey, you know, at the very worst, you're probably waiting three to, to four months, maybe five, unless you have a custom order. But if it is a standard piece of equipment that is within our product suite, um, we have equipment for you. And it's not, it's not a super long wait, but that's how we arrived at that. And we had to get there because of all these, sh these shipping issues, um, which, which stinks. You know, I mean, it, it, it is harder to run a business that way because you're outlaying a lot based on based on some, I would say, very educated guesses. But you know, we're a growing company too, and so it's like, how far do you go with that, right? Right. Um, and it's really easy to get into to, to hot water there. But that's really how we have a business. How we as a business have tried to mitigate, you know, the same concerns that our customers have. We have right, and it's how do we get in front of this. And um, you know, make it good for the people that are are spending their money here. Right on, uh, Ross and Brian. I guess how does that differ from how what you're hearing chatter wise or with three different connections? How things are happening with the other manufacturers in our industry? How are the, how's that affecting their subsequent lead times? Etc. Man, we've had addressing. We've had manufacturers of consumable goods actually have to limit um, the amount that they're allowing um, 
customers and vendors to purchase. So this would be, you know, your big like ink or chemical manufacturers because they're not able to get enough in, right? Because of supply chain and shipping issues to actually meet the demand of what's going out there. So they're limiting people's purchasing power. And the funny thing is, if they weren't doing that, they'd be having record years. I mean, these are all companies, our, our industries booming, but it's hard to find things. Garment manufacturers are dealing with the same thing. It's just getting stuff over here. And so one day you'll get on to, you know, a, a big box like an SNS or, or, or a Sanmar and there'll be inventory and, and you get on the next day and there's nothing. And then it's like, well, when is this stuff coming in? And, and, you know, in, in the midst of all this, it was, it was simple things like black Gildan 5,000 t-shirts. I mean, just something that the printers use every day and none of it existed. And I think what's interesting is, you know, people have had to pivot. And so it's kind of changed the economy of the way I think decorators are doing business. It opened them up to selling, you know, a different brand of shirt. And you've seen a lot of these smaller companies kind of rise up through this because they had inventory. And, and, and that's been kind of a cool thing to see in the industry is now there's a diversity in what people are buying. You've seen some smaller companies really come up through the ranks and, and get their products out there and, and they're good products. A lot of them are, you know, are, are environmentally friendly products, right? That maybe were a little bit more niche that now people have started to use and, and now love and, and their customers are seeing it. So while it's been, I think, challenging for all businesses here, there's definitely been a lot of silver lining, you know, through all of this as well that I think has, has come out of it. And Brian, yeah, awesome. I, th those are the couple examples that I've heard. I, I don't know from your end what what you've been hearing as well. I mean, we've we've definitely been hearing. You know, we get compared a lot to you know some of the other equipment manufacturers in the industry, and so we do hear you know just through you know conversations with customers that um, it doesn't seem like we're having quite the same level of supply chain and, and production issues, lead time issues as um, some other players are, which is, which is great. And I think a lot of that is due to, you know, the fact that Portugal has really, um, you know, uh, really streamlined production and really strong partnerships with, you know, the, the, um, uh, the vendors that they're getting components from, you know, I know that we've had, um, there's, you know, economic concerns, there's inflation. We had a, a, a price increase last year, as I think everybody else did. Um, the price of steel like doubled in 18 months or, you know, something crazy. So that all that all trickles down. But in terms of actually being able to get the parts and put the machines together, um, you know, it sounds like by comparison, we've been rather fortunate. So um, once we can get the machines in and out of the port from port to port to port to port and, uh, and over here, <laughs> Um, you know, at least, at least we'll have, have equipment and we'll be able to, to help our customers when they need it, you know, especially those who are looking right now and trying to game plan for, you know, middle and, and later this year. Cool. Well, I mean, just to kind of wrap this up, Tyler, you know, getting back to you here, if you wanted, you know, our listeners really to learn, you know, one big thing about what's going on right now or about this conversation today, what's the big takeaway, um, that everyone listening should have uh well i think it's it's uh the the word of the day is is ports oh. uh, and i mean the other thing is you know you you touched on it too it's it's we understand 
the frustration that, that our customers are feeling, right? Because it is, it's for them, it's coming in at every angle, right? Shirts, delayed, ink, delayed, mm-hmm. chemicals, delayed or out of stock, right? They're, they're in a position where they can, you know, afford to upgrade their equipment or get a second press, delayed. And it's like, yeah, we get it, right? Um, and, and the biggest thing is, you know, understanding where the bottleneck is um, and, and finding a way to, you know, we don't want to give anyone uh, false hope. And so we have really, I mean, I'm along with, with our purchasing manager, we're tracking every day where the stuff's at, right? Uh, so that, that we can make sure that our estimates of when it's going to be here are as accurate as possible. And uh, I really can't say enough about our warehouse team in Claremont. I mean, we're seeing, you know, containers after containers come in and they're unloading those, staging them, getting them ready, turning them around sometimes the next day to get them on a truck to our customers, right? So as soon as it's within the realm of our control, we, we are immediately doing our best to, to get equipment out the door. Um, but right now it's, you know, can we get it through the traffic jam any faster? Uh, so, and, yeah. and unfortunately, right, we have no control over that. I've tried to get Portugal to buy a boat. Um, <laughs> that hasn't worked out so far. So if we get there, we'll let you know. But I mean, that would be the answer. It's really the only one. Yeah. It's like, buy your own boat, buy your own containers and start to go back and forth on your own, um, which I can't imagine is less than what half a billion dollars i'm sure for a boat that big if, if not and more probably, probably a couple of years of production but a bright green rock boat would look oh, amazing yeah. going across the ocean. Oh, i love that, oh, that'd be that beautiful. Would be we, could, we could stop off somewhere and pick up some taco bell hot sauce too just to bring it, <laughs> yes. bring it back like <laughs> i feel I like it. ross would find a way to make this like a party boat somehow oh yeah um, you know there'd be a couple of on the way over <laughs> Mark McGrath would be on. We'd be like <laughs> rocking out to Sugar Ray. I mean, it'd be a whole, yeah. it'd be a thing. It'd be an, it'd we could, be an we could have a rock cruise to Portugal. I love this. Just saying. Yeah, excellent. Noted. Ride with your Noted. friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is awesome. This is a good episode, you know, really digging into this and letting people know we understand we're working hard on it. You know, there's some things that are out of our control, but we are here to make sure that we're communicating effectively um, and that, that we're on top of it as a company and that we continue to make sure that we have equipment coming in constantly. For those of you that are listening that don't have it yet, you want equipment, I mean, reach out. We, we definitely have stuff available. We have stuff coming in, you know, pretty much every week. And so out of that, a lot of it is already spoken for. But there are the occasions where there's definitely a press or two or three here and there that come in and they get scooped up quick. So, I mean, if it's something that you're 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 wanting now, you know, be on it now. If it's something you're even planning for for 2023, I would suggest starting the conversations now. Um, so you're really getting prepared for for that that change in, in January. Because I know when we get to the end of the year close to tax season again everyone's trying to take advantage of section 179 and if we don't have the order yet 
it's going to be hard to take advantage of that because that equipment has to get shipped to you. It has to be in your facility before the end of the year. Um, so you'd want to start that process, you know, definitely now just given these concerns. Um, and Tyler, man, we're, we're excited to have you uh, still on the team. It's not like you're new to the team, but, you know, in this new position, um, it's been great. I know it's been a huge help to our team, to our customers, you know, and probably uh, the folks that we work with in freight, just having one point of contact instead of, I think we had about three or four um, um, before. So want to thank you for that. And for those of you listening, reaching out to us, you know, you can email us at hello at rock.us. Um, Tyler directly, if you're looking for information, tdean at rock.us or always call in our 877 number, which I don't actually know the 877 number number part, but it's 87 rocket now. That's 87. 877. Six seven no. four eight six oh, you got six it? nine. Okay. Wow. There you go. That was good, Meryl. That's good. It's kind of like uh, I do the voiceover or something occasionally. Yeah, <laughs> do you? That's crazy. Really? Well, I want to thank you guys for all joining us today. I want to thank all our listeners out there. Continue to press onward. Um, rock your way and uh, rock on. Thanks for listening. Cheers, all. Thanks, guys. Thanks to Brian Richards and Tyler Dean for joining us today. As always, thank you for spending time with us this week, and thank you for trusting us as your partner in print. Tune in at your convenience wherever you listen to your podcast by searching Rock Shop Talk. If you'd like to request to be on the show, please visit rockus slash rockshoptalk. If you found today's episode helpful, please recommend it to a friend who you think may find it helpful as well. Please like, share, and subscribe on social media. And until next time, rockers, press onward. Press onward.